0: Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.PurposeMCC.com. And now, here's our pastor, Cornelius Phillips, with today's message.
1: While you're still standing, I want you to take your Bibles and turn with me, please, to the book of 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles chapter twenty. I want to continue. This is the day or or the Sunday after Resurrection Sunday. And uh, we came last week and we talked about when life happens and the power of the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, Don't you know things changed on Sunday morning when Mary went and found the tomb was empty? Things that things that already changed, but but things change dramatically, and and things will change dramatically in your life when you realize God's not dead, He's He's alive and He lives on the inside of us, and 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 uh, and and even beyond that, He wants you to walk in the power of that resurrected life. Guys, there's more to life than your worry and your stress. There's more to life than you battling and dealing with your addiction. There's more to life than than you trying to fix your marriage when it cannot be fixed outside of Jesus. There's more to it, guys. When you get in touch with a resurrected Savior, it will change. Things change. Things change. Sin can't stay. Amen. But... Uh, we've been on in this vein. Uh, we, tar- we started several weeks ago in the book of Ezra, and we talked about prayer and the foundation of prayer and how that when the children of Israel came back after living in 70 years of captivity, they came back to uh, the land uh, Jerusalem, and one of the first things that they did was they rebuilt the altar. That's in, in Ezra chapter 2. Uh, where they rebuilt the altar, they reestablished prayer. Uh, and the reason they did that is because they saw the people in the land and they began to fear the people in the land. And, and uh, that's a foundational thing, guys. If God wants you to be a prayer warrior. Listen, it's not up to just the pastor to pray. It's not up to just uh, a few people that sit on the front row to pray. It's up to all of us to pray. Prayer doesn't change God. Prayer changes me. Amen? So the reason that I'm not changed might be because I'm not praying. So we talked about prayer, and then we moved on into the book of Ezra, and we saw where they began to build the temple. And when they began to build the temple... They laid the foundation, and that's where we're going to come from today, in Ezra chapter 3, uh, beginning with verse 10. The Bible says they laid the foundation of the temple with worship and praise. All right? In other words, they, when they built the foundation, those of you that are familiar with, with building and things like that, you know that, that everything... Uh, is 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 has to have a foundation. All right, your life, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but your life has got to have foundations. If you don't have foundations for what you believe or what you stand on, then then it won't stand. Amen. So they laid the foundation. Let's let's read in Ezra chapter three and verse ten. And when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, they set the priest. In their apparel with trumpets and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals to praise the Lord after the ordinance of David, king of Israel. And they sang together by course in praising and giving thanks unto the Lord because He is good for His mercy endures forever toward Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout, when they praise the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. That's the reason that we have music. That's the reason we've got a worship team. That's the reason that we uh, are not quiet in our worship. If you wonder why we make so much racket, that's the reason. Amen. God's not hard of hearing. There's something about it when I begin to worship the Lord. There's something about, listen, there's there's times that you need to set before God and be quiet. There's times when you need to set before God and you don't need to say anything. You don't need to listen to uh, Kirk Franklin. You don't need to listen to uh, the Happy Goodmans. You need to set before the Lord and be quiet. Quiet and hear what God is saying. But then there are other times, guys, that you need to get before God and you need to turn you some music on. You need to get your praise on. You need to get your worship on because it is in the middle of your praise and of your worship that God is saying, I am going to move on your behalf. See, it's easy for me to sit. And and not say anything, not move or anything like that. That's that's comfortable for me. But when God says, look, you need to get up. You need to lose your religion. You need to lose your dignity. And you need to move your feet. Some of y'all used to go to the bar and y'all would dance till daylight. You'd dance so much, you'd have to, they'd have to drag you out of there uh, at daylight, and, and you'd go home and get up the next morning, be sick with a headache, throwing up all over the place, and then call your friends and talk about what an awesome time you had last night. Jesus came into your life, and now all we want to do is just sit. Come on, guys. Come on. What's wrong with that picture? He did something for me that nobody else could do. Amen? I'm not being smart or anything like that. I just, you know, you just got to get to the place, guys, that that you don't care about what other people think about you. And I don't mean that in the wrong way. I want you to like me. I want you to love me. Brother Darrell, I want you to like me, man. You're bigger than me, so like me, okay? I want you to like me. I want to be your friend. But, but, but you don't know what I'm going through. I'm just picking at Brother Darrell because he's on the front row. But you don't know what I'm going through, and, and, and you can't fix what I'm going through. So uh, if you can't fix it, I've got to go to somebody bigger than you, and I go to God. And, and God can fix it, and I know that when I begin to worship him, he moves. Father, thank you today for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. In Jesus' name, Amen. You can take your seat. Now, Ezra chapter three uh, and verses ten and eleven is not where we're going to come from today. We're going to come from Second Chronicles chapter twenty and verse one. But I wanted to use that that foundational principle uh, that they laid the foundation with worship and praise. Uh, as as a kickoff to what we're going to talk about tonight today, and what I, the the if you want to give it a title, uh, you can give it this title: the breakthrough of praise or the breakthrough of worship. Worship will cause breakthrough in your life. Worship will cause the enemy to flee in your life. In Second Chronicles chapter uh, twenty. Uh, Let's look beginning with verse 1 of 2nd Chronicles chapter 20. It came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and with them others beside the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. And then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There comes a great multitude against you from beyond the sea on this side Syria. And behold, they be in Hazan, Tamar which is in Getty, and Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah all of us most of us are familiar with the story of Jehoshaphat and we're familiar with the the revelation that God gave him but what I, I want to just bring out some points this morning uh, I've got two sets of notes, so I'm going to go through this first set of notes, and then I'm going to go in, in my book, and we're going to go through them again. Just kidding. you got to worry. We're going to get you out before the buffet stops. Amen. But I want you to notice something about Jehoshaphat, that an army, a horde of vicious Soldiers were coming against Jehoshaphat. The Bible says that we just read in verse 3 that when Jehoshaphat heard of all these people coming toward them uh, to invade them and to uh, destroy them, that Jehoshaphat feared. Fear rose up in him. And all of us at some point in our lives are driven by fear. There's not a person in here that at some point in your life something has come or you've heard something or you've seen something with your eyes that caused you to fear and fear rose up in you. Now we know the Bible says that fear is torment but, but still all of us at some point have had Fear. But I want to tell you something about fear, that when, you, uh, when your life is driven by fear, the first place that you're going to stop on that journey is you're going to pick up worry. And, and when, when fear and worry begins to come together, then they're going to take you somewhere else, and they're going to take you to this place called stress. You got fear, worry, and stress. And when you mix them together, what you're going to wind up, the destination that you're going to wind up in is called despair. Because fear, worry, and stress will always lead you to despair. Despair is when you don't know what to do, you don't know which way to go, and you don't know how to do it. All right? And it's despair. The Bible says that Jehoshaphat feared when he heard that this great uh horde of, of army was coming against him he began to fear but I want you to notice something this is the way God wants you to do it the Bible says in verse 3 that when he feared that he set himself to seek the Lord and proclaim a fast throughout all of Judea now that word set when when Uh, The Bible says that Jehoshaphat set himself. It simply means that Jehoshaphat gave himself or committed himself to the authority of God. There was a transference from fear to faith. There was a place there where I've heard something or I've seen something and fear has risen up in me. I can either be driven by fear or I can allow fear to drive me to faith in God. And the Bible says that Jehoshaphat set himself. In other words, he committed his fear to the Lord. Alright, that's just a part of it. That didn't get rid of the problem. But it committed the problem into the one that could deal with it. Guys, in in church, in in the body of Christ, it is is time for us to realize the power of our worship. Listen, we don't just come in on Sunday morning and raise our hands a few times and and, uh, dance a little bit just for somebody to see us do that. You've got to get farther than that. You've got, listen, I don't care this morning what uh, flavor you are. You might be a Baptist or a Methodist or a Holiness or a Pentecostal or a Charismatic or whatever flavor you are. It doesn't matter about the flavor you are. We're all serving the same God. And and the God that we all serve still hungers and desires and, and inhabits the praise and worship of his. People doesn't matter who you are, but you see the church many times and people. We have, listen. I, I am by nature very shy. That's my nature, and I know some of you said, "Oh, you lying!" You, but I am. I'm I'm by nature extremely shy, terribly shy, and and timid. You can ask my wife. We can drive from here to Mobile. And, and I'll never say a word, and Judy will look at me. And I'm driving, and I'm watching her over there, and I know she's looking at me, and I'm trying to figure out something to say. Now, I love her. We've been together 35 years, and, and I love her, and I know everything about her. She knows everything about me. But I find myself sitting there sometimes trying to figure out what I need to say next. Not that she's going to get mad about it. I, I'm just not one that, that I, I can't just sit there and just, yeah, 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 and talk, talk, talk. I just can't do that. All right? But listen, God has taught me the power of my worship. That when I worship Him, and there are many different forms of worship, and we're going to talk about those in the coming weeks, but, but what we're talking about today is when I worship for a breakthrough in my life. When I worship because there's something that's going on in my life that I need to break through. There's an, there's an enemy that's come against my life that I need, uh, I need God to work in that area. There's an area in my life that, that I can't deal with. There's an enemy that has risen up against me that is bigger than me, and I can't get through it. I've prayed and I've asked, but there's a time, friend, that that when you you have fear that you set yourself and begin to pray, and then God says the next thing that I want you to do is worship because what I'm talking about this morning doesn't make sense to my material mind; it doesn't make sense to our carnal thinking. It, as a matter of fact, it goes against our thinking. And notice this: Jehoshaphat set himself to seek the Lord, and and all the people. And in verse fifteen uh, of that same chapter. Uh, The Scripture says this, Listen, all Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord unto you, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. I want you to notice something, and it happened in verse 14, uh, that, that when Jehoshaphat began to pray, when he began to pray, and, and we're not going to go through the prayer, but Jehoshaphat uh, confessed to the Lord that we don't have any might against this enemy. We can't deal with this enemy. And, and they begin to pray. But look at verse 14, because this is a part in this passage that we overlook so many times. The Bible says that, that upon Jehaziel, The son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, and and their son and his son, came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. Listen, the importance of you transferring your fear into prayer and beginning to pray is that God will bring revelation. All right? The Bible says that as they begin to pray, God brought revelation through Jehaziel. God spoke to this man and he said this. Now, listen, I want you to get this. I like this probably a lot better than you do, okay? So I'm excited about it. You might be just waiting on dinner time. I don't know. But I just want, I am excited about this because it is such a powerful thing that when Jehaziel. Uh, begin to speak. Now, get this picture. Here's this enemy that's coming to them to destroy them. Jehoshaphat says, God, I'm scared. I, I, I don't know what to do. And, and so he begins to pray. He begins to seek God. Maybe, I don't know uh, what the time frame was, but maybe he began to pace back and forth. Maybe he began to pray and say, God, I don't know how to deal with this enemy. Maybe he sat there and worried about it a little bit until he began to pray. But when he began to pray, something happened. God spoke to a man. Stand up, Brother Don. Here's, here's I'm, I'm Jehoshaphat, and I'm praying, God, I don't know how to deal with this. God, I don't know how to fix this. And 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 God in his sovereignty looks down at Jehaziel down here and says I have got a word I'm going to give you some revelation and and the Lord comes and speaks Remember brother Darrell, you knew I was going to ask you brother. And, and 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 God this is this is God and and God comes and and says I have heard point at me I have heard your prayer, Jehoshaphat. And because of your praying, I'm going to take that other hand and speak to him. All right. So, so you see, here we go. I was praying. God heard it. And God said, but I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to speak it to somebody else. I'm going to speak it to Jehoshaphat. And and, and God spoke to Jehoshaphat. And, and, and to paraphrase, said this, I want you to tell Jehoshaphat, point at me, I want you to tell Jehoshaphat that he don't have to worry about this enemy that's coming against him because I heard the prayer of Jehoshaphat and I am speaking to him to tell you that everything's going to be all right. It doesn't matter how many is in the army, uh, but I'm fixing to give you some divine revelation of how you can deal with this enemy. So you see, it went in a circle. So when I begin to... When I begin to pray, I don't know what God's gonna do and I don't know how he's gonna do it, but God will always speak because when I pray, the fervent, effectual prayer of the righteous man avails much. God never turns a deaf ear to the prayer of his saints. Get up, brother, and listen. I wasn't gonna get stuck on this, but friend, you you gotta understand what I'm saying, that that God is trying to get some revelation to some of y'all here today. You've been struggling, and you've been pacing back and forth, and you've been worried, and you've been stressed out, but somewhere down the line, there's got to be a shift in your life to where you say, God, either you can do this or you can't, and you begin to pray, and God points at you and says, I'm listening to your prayer, and then he points over here, that says there's somebody over here, I'm going to give them a word and I'm going to give you revelation. The, the, The $5 word for that is reciprocation. the 50 cent is it goes in circles <laughs> what goes around comes around what goes up comes down Amen. thank you guys so you understand Jehoshaphat now listen don't over spiritualize that don't think oh my that was the old testament and 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 god with this Deep bass voice spoke and said, Jehoshiel. Jehoshiel. God always has to speak to men twice. You let you see that in, in the Bible. God speaks to men twice. Because they're hard of hearing. All right. But but that wasn't it wasn't this deep voice where God said, Jehoshiel. This is God. Do you see me now? No. Stand up. It was like this. I believe that he got his word just like you and I get our revelation. That perhaps he was praying and all of a sudden a still small voice said Jehaziel everything's going to be okay take this message to the king tell him there's no need in him fighting in this battle tell him all he's got to do is stand still because I'm going to take care of it and that's exactly what he was doing he was downloading he was saying yes Lord And, and okay brother you can sit down again So here's the thing, guys. It, it came, listen, it came as a word from God. It came as a word from God. Yes. It came as a word from God. That's all, listen, that's all you need is a word from God. And if you will act on that word... You don't need to know the entire book of John. You don't need to know how to quote chapter 3 and all that. All you need is one word from God, because friend, when God speaks to you a word, it's a word like no other word. It does when God speaks to you a word, it cancels out all the other words that you've heard. Because when God says, I'm gonna do this, you can go ahead and write it down in your journal because it's already done. As a matter of fact, when God spoke to Jehaziel, the battle had already been won, the army was still marching toward them, they were still coming their way, but the battle had already been, listen, they were dead men walking when God spoke and said, I'm gonna fight this battle for you. It had already been done. Now listen, let me get back to where I was going. Everything about us has got to be established on foundational principles. Christ being the foundation of our lives, and we base everything that we do is based upon foundations. Everything that you do, the way that you think, the way that you act, all of that is based upon some type of foundation in your life. Who I am, how I respond to situations and circumstances in my life is, is I'm doing it based upon a foundation in my life. And we've all got to have those foundational principles. But as Christians, God has given us certain principles about his word that if we will understand them, that it will enable us to get through many of our problems that that hold us down. Listen, because my house can be no stronger than my foundation that my house rests upon. All you guys, y'all sure are quiet, but you can say amen right there. Because it doesn't matter how pretty your house is above the ground, if it don't have some foundation beneath the ground, then it will not weather the storm. All right? And so if that's the case with my house, it's the same way with me spiritually. I am no stronger than the foundation that I build my life upon. My mind is no stronger than the foundation of which it's connected to. Your marriage is no stronger than the foundation that it's connected to. I'm going to tell you this. It might blow you away. We talk about holy matrimony. Your marriage is only holy if it's connected to Jesus Christ. Any other way, it can't be holy. Holy that wasn't in my notes but I just wanted to tell you I had this story of the three little pigs in here but I'm going to skip over that and we're going to move on we'll we'll catch the three little pigs next time but I want this is about foundation remember this guys your mind your reactions your attitude your character everything about you is only as strong as the foundation that it's connected to. Now, one of the titles that's given to God in the Old Testament is El Shaddai. El Shaddai, which means God Almighty. All right? Or the all-powerful one. All right? So, And and I'm just reading off of my notes here. Many of us know God. We we even even believe that he is all-powerful. We have even called that name El Shaddai. God, you are the all-powerful one. But yet our lives are not governed as if God is all-powerful. You see, and it doesn't matter if I believe that God is all-powerful. It doesn't matter if I believe that he is El Shaddai. And he is. If, if El Shaddai, the all-powerful one, does not govern my life, if my life is not governed by his principles, then his power, although it is real, it does me no good. Because I am not governed by those principles. Listen, that is the reason that we worship when the sun is shining and we worry when the clouds come. I know it's quiet, and I know you're listening. You're attentive, and you're saying, "Come on, Pastor, give me some more." And 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 I'm liking this. This is good stuff. And you're not saying anything. That's all right. It makes me nervous a little bit, but I'm going to get through it. Okay. All right. That's why. Listen. That's why that that it's easy for me to come in here on Sunday morning and worship together with you. But it is extremely hard for me to get up on Monday morning and go to my job when I've got a bunch of people around me that don't believe like I do they've already looked at me and said you go to McCullough Christians them people out there is crazy that's a cult out there and I'm already uh, thinking about that and and all of that And, and I'm going through a problem in my life I got a boss that just can't wait and all of that and I'm stressed out and worried that's the reason because see I worship when the sun is shining but when the clouds come, I worry. I I worship today and I worry tomorrow. What I'm trying to get across to you, ladies and gentlemen, is you need to worship all the time. You need to let your worship come out of you all the time. Don't wait till the storm comes before you start to worship. Worship into the storm, worship in the storm, and you'll worship when you come out of the storm. Let me rephrase that. If you will learn how to worship before the the storm comes, you can worship in the storm. And if you know how to worship in the storm, you can shout for joy on the other side of the storm because the storm didn't do what the devil thought it was going to do. All it did was increase my worship. So, without realizing it, we govern we're governed by principles of our culture. For example, some of you have heard this statement, don't count your chickens before they hatch. Anybody ever heard that? Don't count your chickens before they hatch. Or, or, or one like this. You probably hadn't heard this one because I made this up. But, uh, but uh, don't take your victory lap before you win it. Or or don't build your trophy cabinet before you win the trophy. You ever heard that? You know what that's saying? You know what don't count your chickens before they hatch is really saying? Is you don't know what's going to come. So don't count them before you see them. That might be good for the chicken farmer. And it might be good for the athlete. But God's word contradicts that idea. You see, when I understand the, the power of breakthrough worship in my life, that I'm worshiping God because of His worth the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 16 says this, Rejoice evermore. Verse 17 says, Pray without ceasing. And verse 18 says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So you see, worship needs to be something that is constantly going on in my life. Now, oh my goodness, let me me get to the main part. Jehoshaphat got a word from the Lord, and, and God said this. He said, I want you to prepare your worship team. I want you to get Katie and, and Sister Natalie and, and Sister Kathy uh, on the cymbals and, and Jenna, I want, I want her to get a tambourine and, and I want you to get Corey uh, to get a, a, a can and beat on the can. I want you to get these people together and I want you to put them out in front. And that's the way that you're going to deal with the enemy. And so Jehoshaphat got his worship team together and he set them out front to go into battle. Listen, that's where many times we lose it because every army that goes in battle has their weapons of mass destruction in the forefront. But See what the difference is between my weapons and the world's weapons is this, is that my power comes from above man's power comes from man all right and I'm, I'm hurrying guys listen when jehoshaphat heard the word from god on how to deal with the battle the bible says that he bowed his head in verse 18 and 19 of chapter 20 that jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. The Levites and the children of the Kohathites and of the children of the Korites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. This was after he heard from Jehoshaphat. This was before the battle. He had just heard a word. The Bible says he bowed his head and began to pray. And they had a worship service because they heard that word. Because it was strategy of how to deal with the enemy. Now, they worshiped and praised before the battle. That's what I was talking about just a little while ago. And, and I want to give you this example. And I'm I'm Russian guy, so please bear with me. I want to give you this example. In the book of John, chapter 11, is a story of Lazarus. You know when when Lazarus died, and Jesus was called to uh, the grave, and he uh, got there about four days later, and they said Lazarus is stinking by now, and uh the Bible says that that Jesus went to the tomb of Lazarus, and before he called Lazarus out of the tomb in verse forty one of John chapter eleven. This is what the Bible says. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Do what? Listen, it doesn't require faith to move the stone but it requires faith when you're telling a dead man to get up and come out of the grave. But I want you to notice what Jesus did. Jesus went to the tomb. They rolled the stone back out of the way. Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, I thank you that you've already heard what I'm about to say. Lazarus, come forth. Do you get do you get this picture? Jesus gave thanks for something that had not happened yet. He gave thanks in advance for what was about to happen. He hadn't dealt with a problem, he had just removed an obstacle that was holding the problem back by removing the stone. But when he said, "Father, I thank you that you've heard me already." And when he spoke Lazarus' name, Lazarus came out. Now, God will sometimes ask us to do things that in our eyes and according to our thinking is completely contrary to the situation that we face. And that's what he did with Jehoshaphat. All right. And we see that in verse 21. Most armies go into battle with an intense focus on the enemy and the battle at hand. And if they achieve victory in the battle, they return with shouting and praising and joy. Because that is our natural way of thinking. Remember, don't count your chickens before they hatch. We don't know the outcome of this battle. So most armies go into battle reserved and focused and with their guns loaded and all of that. But God will sometimes, most of the time, tell us to go and do things that will contradict our way of thinking. That's the reason that some today you're not saved yet because you've been trying to figure out God. You've been trying to figure out why do I have to do that? And God is saying you've got to die in order to live. And we can't comprehend that. You've got to give up yourself before you can take on himself or his self. Alright? So, the revelation that was given to Jehoshaphat by God was contradictory to that, that way of thinking now I want you to hear this. this Jehoshaphat's army went out like most armies come in in other words if an army goes out and wins a battle they come back jumping and shouting Jehoshaphat's army went out jumping and shouting They didn't go out like an army going against an enemy. Rather, they went out as one that was returning in joyful triumph from a victory. Here's the thing, and I'm fixing to close. Because of our human nature and because of of the way we think, We look at God and we say, God, I don't understand. You're telling me to just jump and shout and praise my way through this mess that I'm in. God, I don't understand that way of of, of thinking. Here I am struggling. Here I am going through this issue, Brother Eugene, that I don't know how to deal with. The doctors can't seem to fix it. And so I'm perplexed by it, but yet you're telling me just to lift up my hands and worship all the way through it. I don't, I don't understand that. That is not the way that people deal with things. But you see, God's way of dealing with things is not like man's way of dealing with things. You've got to understand that God, when you pray, God has already heard your prayer and the answer has already come. Sometimes we just have to walk things out in order to see the results at the end of the day. Now, to to, to cut right down to the to the chase, this this huge army of men that had come against uh, Jehoshaphat and the people of God. The Bible says they got all of them together and they began to march and they began to go down uh, to the battle. And when they got on the hill that was overlooking the valley where this great army was, all they saw was dead bodies. Because the battle had already been won when they began to worship the Lord. It had already been done when they began to praise the name of the God of Israel. You see, guys, the power of your worship is this, that when you begin to worship, God begins to move. He always has, and he always will. He's no respecter of persons. Would you stand with me, please? This is one of those messages today that if you're here and you're not saved, I want you to come, and we want to pray with you. But here's the majority of us that are here today. God is saying, I want you to know how to worship. I want you to know how to worship me when all hell is coming against you. When life has, has thrown you a curve, I want you to know how to worship. Because when you know how to worship, you can win the battle. Breakthrough worship. Some of you need to get that revelation. Breakthrough worship. It doesn't matter what the doctors have said, it doesn't matter what people have said. You need to learn how to worship. Learn how to just throw your hands up in the air and say, Father, I thank you. Psalm 136. According to historians, is the psalm that Jehoshaphat's army sang that day going into battle. Over and over and over, they gave God praise, for his mercy endures forever. That's the power of knowing how to worship. Father, we thank you today. Lord, we know that you inhabit the praises of your people. And we know, Father, today that you hear when we ask and you respond. So, Father, today, I thank you this morning that you're teaching us today, Father, of how to worship you. Father, I thank you that you're taking people out of the norm and you're teaching us how to worship. We honor you today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now, as I sing this morning, this altar is open today. If you need prayer, we'd be glad to pray with you. But think about this, guys. The power of your worship will break down the walls that you're dealing with today. So learn how to worship. Amen. Respond, So, Father, today I thank you. Lord, I thank you this morning for a breakthrough of worship in this place. Father, I thank you that, God, that, Father, men and women are going to experience this in their homes, not on their jobs. Father, today we thank you. We praise you. We bless you today. We honor you in the wonderful name of Jesus. Everybody said amen. Amen. Shake somebody's hand. Hug their neck before you leave. Don't forget tonight, 6 o'clock, we have class for all ages. Love to have you come and be with us.